There. Okay. It is ironic that we ask you to refrain from using your devices and <laughs> and here it is <laughs> the iPad <laughs> to record <laughs> so I thought I would um, just talk a little bit about the just briefly about the practice uh, that we'll be working with here and um, and then do a guided meditation and then we'll go to bed so um, we all get some rest for tomorrow. So this practice of uh, mindfulness, as I said a little while ago, that we're practicing the four foundations of mindfulness. And the Buddha's teaching on the four foundation of mindfulness can be almost understood from two perspectives. It can be understood as choosing to direct our attention, to pay attention to breath and body and elements or feelings, that we choose where we place our attention. And we can do that. We can direct our attention and pay attention to the breathing. Or the four foundations of mindfulness could be talked about or thought of as descriptions of how to pay attention to experience. That when things arise, when body sensation arises in the present moment, the mind is naturally attending to that, this is, uh, uh, it's, it could be thought of as a description of how to attend to our experience. And so this perspective of looking at the four foundations more as descriptions of how to pay attention to experience as opposed to choosing one versus the other is more of the perspective that we're going to be exploring during this retreat. This, um, basically the practice of open awareness is to, kind of like instead of directing the attention we look and see where is the attention already? Where is the the mind naturally aware in this moment? Just right now. what, What is the mind aware of? What are you noticing? You might be noticing body sensations or emotions or thoughts. And so the practice is to open to whatever the mind is naturally noticing and to be aware of that. So it's not, but it's not simply being aware of that. It is recognizing that and then also recognizing how am I aware of that. In large part, the how we are aware of our experience is where the suffering comes in. If we are paying attention to sensations in our body, if our uh, mind is resisting those sensations, 
rejecting those sensations, disliking them, there's going to be struggle, there's going to be suffering. If there are feelings and the mind likes those, wants to hold on to them, wants to keep them, there's a kind of a pull to them. That may not feel immediately like a problem, but when that experience goes away, there may be a sense of, oh, what did I do wrong? How come that didn't stay? Why couldn't I keep that state of mind? Why couldn't I keep those pleasant feelings? What did I, I failed. So largely the relationship to our experience is where we get caught. And that is really what this practice emphasizes. So it doesn't much matter what we are paying attention to. But the how we are paying attention to, we get really interested in exploring that piece. The how we're paying attention to experience is our mind's relationship to experience. And this is hence the mindfulness of mind that we're exploring here. The instructions that we offer, that I offer on this retreat, you know, actually... The basic instructions are really minimal. I, mean, I, could, I can summarize them in about two minutes. Notice what your mind is aware of. Well, let's say maybe 20 seconds. Notice what your mind is aware of. And recognize how you are with that. That's the basic instruction. And yet... I find it helpful often to elaborate on those (laughs) 20 seconds worth of instructions. And I will do so actually quite a bit tomorrow. Um, Tonight I'll just offer a few things. One of the things that um, I liked that Sayadaw Utejaniya offered at a recent retreat, he said, people are always asking what they're supposed to do in this practice, you know, because there's not a lot actually to do. It's, it's much more a receptive kind of practice. We're not so much choosing to bring our attention to the breath and trying to stay there. We are working towards stabilizing the attention in the present moment. The first time I met Sayadaw Utejaniya, he said, the only work you give your mind is to remind yourself to be aware. That's the only work you give your mind. Just remind yourself, be aware. And then in that, what's there? So there's not much to do other than to remind yourself to be aware. But people kept saying, well, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And so Sayadaw Uteshini said, I came up with three yogi jobs. So here's, here's what you're supposed to do. Cultivate wise view. And I'll talk a lot about wise view. This is cultivating a perspective of understanding that allows the mind to be balanced with whatever's happening. So we attend to our experience in a way that supports well-being, true well-being. 
So the, the wise view is actually a pretty important aspect of this training, learning how to cultivate wise view and recognize when our perspective that we're bringing to our experience is heading us off into suffering. So just a simple example of what a perspective that heads us off into suffering is, you know, the the kind of orientation towards getting and accomplishing. That um, if I just get this particular state of mind, then I'll be happy. Or if I just have the situation that I want, then I'll be happy. That perspective is a setup for suffering. So cultivate wise view. It's the first yogi job. (coughs) And I'll talk a lot about that. The second is I'll, I'm going to phrase it slightly differently than Sayadaw Utejaniya did. Learn to recognize mindfulness. Learn to recognize how it feels when you are aware. Sayadaw phrases this as, be mindful. <laughs> and in my own experience, the a cultivation of the recognition of mindfulness itself is crucial for this piece. Know when you are mindful. And then the third is learning how to sustain mindfulness. How to, to um, create a continuity of that mindful attention so that it's not just little moments but more of a container Uh, the word in the Satipatthana Sutta is abiding that we can abide in mindfulness to me that quality of abiding brings a sense of it both brings a sense of settling back, resting in, a being home in, abide. When we abide, there's a sense of being at home. I mean, the word abide means home. And abiding to me also has a sense of over time. It's not something, and it's not something that we do, actually. When we abide, we kind of settle back and rest in. And so, from my own perspective with this practice, learning to recognize mindfulness, learning to recognize what it feels like to be mindfulness, and then seeing, can there be an abiding, a resting in that experience of mindfulness? So those are the three instructions And I'll elaborate on them somewhat more tomorrow. A couple more pieces I'll offer. One is that this practice, 
for me has really um, rested on a foundation of relaxation. When we can be relaxed in our body, when, when our bodies can be relaxed, it supports a kind of the mind also being relaxed. So when the body can settle back and relaxed, it creates a container in which the mind can be a little bit more relaxed. And when the mind can be relaxed, it will be naturally aware. And so if you can come to the foundation of relaxing the body and relaxing the mind, in that relaxation, you may in that moment recognize, oh, awareness is present. There it is. Can you feel that right now? Just let go of the idea of... uh, you know, accomplishing anything or getting anything or figuring out what I'm saying and just relax and is there awareness? That awareness is the quality we're cultivating. I think one of the things, one of the pieces that we perhaps get a little confused about is that capacity we have to direct the attention gets confused with mindfulness. And they're different things. Attention is uh, we can choose to pick, like if I say pay attention to your hands right now, pay attention to your, your butt on the chair or cushion or bench. Pay attention to your lips touching. You can do that. You know, the attention can go to various places. So that, that quality or that directing of the attention is one function of mind. The awareness is a separate process, a separate capacity of mind. And awareness can function whether or not we are consciously choosing what to pay attention to. And so the exploration here becomes not so much choosing what to pay attention to, but seeing what is the mind already paying attention to. And as we relax and recognize that awareness is present, we'll see that there's something already in awareness it may or may not be really clear to us. Sometimes we just know, yes, I'm aware. Yeah, I'm aware. What am I aware of? That I'm not so sure about. I just seem to know that I'm here. I seem to know that I'm aware. If that's what you're conscious of, cognizant of, recognizing, that's all that you need to uh, do. If you can recognize that you are aware. Mindfulness is, that's the beginning of cultivating the mindfulness. It's the beginning of cultivating wise mindfulness. Then we need to begin to check in to 
how are we with what we are aware of? Are we leaning in, pushing away, not sure, uncertain, balanced in our mind? So relaxation. At the start, relaxation I find really important because it creates the container for this natural awareness, this natural mindfulness to be present. We don't have to direct our attention. We don't have to choose what to pay attention to. Just notice what is already here. One way that I find it helpful to um, relax initially, consciously relax the body, and we'll do this in a few minutes with a body scan. We'll do we'll do a guided meditation, which begins with an emphasis on relaxation. And um, once I've consciously relaxed the body, relaxed it as much as I can by softening, easing, relaxing the body. Once I've consciously done that, then um, I use what I call a request or a resolve. Request maybe is a, a, a better word. Resolve sometimes has a, a tighten, tight sound to it. So just making a request to your body. May the body relax and not trying to do it, but just seeing. You know, drop that request, kind of like dropping a pebble into a a still pond and seeing what the ripples are. Kind of like dropping that request into the meditation and seeing how does the mind and body respond. This is a way I found access to a deepening of relaxation that I had no conscious way into. So we'll do that in the uh, in the guided meditation. I'll I'll explore that with you. The other piece I'll just bring in before we do the guided meditation is the wandering mind. What to do when the mind wanders off into thought? Because you know this. This style of practice with less of an emphasis on the primary object, you know, with with less of a directing of the attention, sometimes it can feel like um, the mind just kind of floats around and it's easy for the attention to wander off into thought. So that may happen and rather than having the um, sense of, well, this isn't working very well, my mind is wandering more than it does when I pick an object, see if you can go with it for a little while. And what I suggest you do when you notice that the mind has wandered, first thing to recognize is that the very fact that you've noticed means mindfulness is already back. So notice the awareness, notice the mindfulness that is there and notice what it is that you have woken up into. What y- your, your awareness has returned. 
It has come back into being, and something is being known in that moment. The awareness is already aware of something in that very moment when mindfulness returns. So what is it that you have become aware of as mindfulness returns? So noticing that. It may be that it's thought. You have woken up recognizing that thinking is happening. So that's fine. Recognize that thinking is happening. A tool that I find helpful in that moment is, especially early in the retreat, check in and see how has that impacted you to have been wandering off. the, the, The wandering mind thoughts in the mind produces an impact on the mind and body. What is that impact? Possible that the wandering off, you know, you might have wandered back home into things, oh, did I really turn off the stove? Or you might have wandered off into, uh, you know, an argument you had with somebody. Those thoughts have an impact on you. What is that impact? Has your body gotten tight? Is there an emotion that has arisen? So you've woken up into something, and what has been the impact of that? If that impact has created tension, created tightness, take some time to relax again. We have no particular rush to pay attention to anything in particular. And for these first few days, encouraging the recognition or the, uh, the knowing of the relaxation that supports the mindfulness. So if you find that in wandering you've got tension, reconnect with the process of relaxation. It's also possible in that wandering, actually, that... Um, You may have wandered off into a kind of a drifting space, um, a spaced out kind of space perhaps. And sometimes that can result in a little bit more ease and relaxation. I found that actually happens way more than I would have imagined. That when the mind wanders when I wake up into that wandering, if I'm not judging the fact that the mind has wandered and I'm just recognizing, oh, I'm back, what's been the impact? Often I've actually found that there's actually more ease and peace and relaxation in the mind and body than before the mind wandered. Almost as if the mind was saying, hey, you're working too hard, you're you're tied up way much in knots, we know how to relax this. And if you can... um, notice that, it gives you an avenue into a deeper relaxation. But if you wake up into thought and are immediately judging yourself for having been wandering, you'll lose that uh, thread to that bit of ease that might have been present. So um, 
Why don't we just stand up for just a moment and then we'll do a, say, maybe a 20, 25-minute meditation together.